The second lesson tonight continues with the prophet Isaiah, this time from chapter 40. Comfort, O comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and cry out to her that she has served her term, that her penalty is paid. A voice cries out, in the wilderness prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for God. For every valley shall be lifted up and every mountain and hill be made low. The uneven ground shall become level and the rough places a plain. Then the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all people shall see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Get you up to a high mountain, O Zion, herald of good tidings. Lift up your voice with strength, O Jerusalem, herald of good tidings. Lift it up, do not fear. Say to the cities of Judah, here is your God. See, the Lord comes with might and his arm rules for him. His reward is with him and his recompense before him. He will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arms and carry them close to his heart. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Well, when shepherds and sheep show up on Christmas Eve, it's usually because they are in their fields abiding, keeping watch by night, when all of a sudden, all the angels of heaven show up with bright lights and loud voices, which is why both King James and the Peanuts Christmas special conclude that surely they were sore afraid. We had one shepherd and a plethora of sheep up here at four o'clock, Earlier today, our children acted out the Christmas story. Some of those sheep were indeed sore afraid. Others were stunningly confident. Some of them rather loud. At least one was ticklish. And one sweet lamb fell asleep in my lap before everything was said and done. The shepherd Isaiah speaks of, though, gathers the lambs in his arms and carries them close to his heart. We carry things close to our hearts when we are protecting them, when we are holding them dear. When I was a child, I had a stuffed dog, and this is no surprise to those of you who know me. I had a stuffed dog that was my comfort object. That poor creature went everywhere with me, And it was not uncommon for me to hold him like this, close to my heart. Two of my friends adopted a baby a few months ago. They stopped by to see me earlier this week, and when they hold her, they hold her the same way, close to their hearts. The shepherd Isaiah speaks of holds the lambs just that way, because he loves them so very much. There are about a million different ways a Christmas sermon could go this night, and there are a billion more things that are clamoring for your attention. So if you only hold on to one thing this evening, let it be this. 
The baby that is born and rocked in his mother's arms will grow up to be the shepherd who holds you in his. Christmas comes because of who God is and how God loves. But the reason Christmas comes is you. We've been following the hymn, O Holy Night, a bit this Advent season. You heard Jennifer sing it beautifully earlier tonight. O Holy Night, the stars are brightly shining. It is the night of our dear Savior's birth. Long lay the world in sin and error pining till he appeared and the soul felt its worth. Now, without a doubt, the Christian faith is always and often about love of neighbor and welcoming the stranger and doing for others. But tonight, remember that Christian faith is also about knowing that you are loved, that you are worth absolutely everything to the creator of the sun and the moon and the stars of night. Isaiah's shepherd, that is the same one who will go out looking for you when you are lost, who will search high and low until you are found, and who will not rest until you are in his arms, and who will carry you home once you are. Nick Haddad is a professor of zoology at North Carolina State University. In the early 2000s, shortly after being appointed to his first academic post, he was sitting in his brand new office when the phone rang, and on the other end of the line was someone from Fort Bragg. And the officer says to the professor, there is a butterfly on our base, and we need you to help us save it. Haddad says his first thought was, I'm a conservationist, not a butterfly guy. But that was quickly replaced by why on earth does the army care about one butterfly? Well, it turns out that this butterfly isn't found anywhere else. Fort Bragg remains its only known habitat in the entire world. And since it's listed as endangered, and since it is the U.S. Army, and since the Endangered Species Act is a law, saving the butterfly was not up for debate. It was going to receive the full military might. And despite all the efforts, for the first five years, the population of the St. Francis Seder continued to decrease precipitously. Eventually, Haddad discovered that it was partially due to flooding. The butterfly's habitat was among swampy grasses, and beavers were building dams that created flooding that were drowning the caterpillars. So enter Brian Ball, an army biologist who became known as the department's U.S. beaver liaison. <laughs> this is in official records. I'm not making it up. So first, Brian destroyed a few beaver dams, but that didn't work. So the U.S. Army evicted the beavers, driving them to other locations, and that kept the beavers away, but the butterflies still didn't return. 
So in 2011, only 75 St. Francis satyrs could be counted. And in Haddad's own words, he was supposed to be saving the butterfly, but he felt like he was letting down the entire planet. But then he learned that a few years before he ever set foot on the army base, a few butterflies had been seen on the artillery testing range, an area of the base that had always been closed to civilians without a single exception. But Haddad made it clear to the officers in charge that this was the last hope for the butterfly to survive. He couldn't be sure that it was even in that area anymore, but every other option had been exhausted. And so an exception was made, and an academic zoologist armed with a butterfly net was granted access to an incredibly dangerous military training ground. He said when he first entered the area, lines of soldiers were pointing their guns and other soldiers were parachuting out of planes and bombs were detonating. And he was asked, are you sure you want to do this? And he nodded. And so within minutes, the entire base was given a ceasefire order. And he was accompanied by Tracy Johnson, an explosive expert whose only job that day was to ensure that Nick Haddad didn't step on any landmines, which was apparently a very real risk. She said, my eyes were watching the ground, his were up in the air watching for butterflies. Now, because I'm using this as a story on Christmas Eve, maybe you know where this is headed. He found them. He found dozens of them. And while they are still listed as endangered, there are now at least a thousand of them, all found on Fort Bragg, all because the U.S. Army decided it was worth the survival of a species to make a phone call to a novice zoologist who would spend 20 years seeking answers. And in interviews, Haddad has often said, you always ask me, was it worth it? Was all that time and energy and expense displacing beavers and diffusing bombs really worth it for just one butterfly? Of course it was worth it, he said. Of course it was. I would do it again in a heartbeat. Of course, the, Fran the St. Francis Seder was worth it to Nick Haddad. How much more so are you worth it to God? Now, I know that stories about butterflies and bombs don't seem particularly holy, maybe wildly inappropriate for this night. But so were barns and babies until they were the very stuff of holiness. Because that's the thing about Christmas. That's the thing of God's entire story in human history, really. God never waits until everything is perfect to show up. God never waits for the engraved invitation and the formal attire or the fancy dinner. God does not wait until we've got our act together 
In Isaiah's day, God didn't wait until the nations had everything sorted out. In Mary and Joseph's day, God didn't wait until there was room in the inn and the birthing suite was sanitized. God just showed up. And it is the same way today, just the way it was so many years ago. God appeared and the soul felt its worth. We proclaim joy to the world tonight. And when we do, every time you sing or say these words, know this, you are the joy of God's world. You bear God's image. You matter. And the birth of Jesus means that being born, being human, that matters too. Your humanity, your existence matters deeply to God. Your uniqueness, your quirks and particularities, your second and seventh and 77th tries at something, everything that makes you, you matters. It is through your life that God's glory is known to everyone around you. I hope with my entire heart that you have listened to all of this tonight and you have thought, no kidding. I hope that you are hearing this and you are thinking, I have known this and trusted it my entire life. It's just that I know too many people Christian and non-Christian alike, who have been told differently and who have come to believe differently. God comes to earth in the person of Jesus Christ because you are worth it. He appeared and the soul felt its worth. It's not the soul earned its worth. It's not that the soul demonstrated its worth or the soul justified its worth. The soul felt its worth. The soul felt what has always been true ever since before the beginning of time, that you and me and every one of us, we are worth everything to God. And that is true right now, just the way you are. God isn't aloof or apart or separate from us. Tonight we rejoice and sing because God has come close, close enough to share our breath, close enough to inspire our hopes and our dreams, close enough to awaken us and call us to life all over again, to gather us in his arms like a shepherd and carry us close to his heart so that we feel our inherent worth as children of God, as people who know their worth and live like it, because that is the greatest reflection of God's glory that we will ever experience, at least in this lifetime. And when we give ourselves over to that beautiful truth, for all sorts of reasons, yonder breaks a new and glorious morn.
and the world is forever changed. Pray with me. Gracious God, we believe. Help our unbelief. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.